Book One, Chapter One of Round the Block. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Round the Block, an American novel by John Bell Booten. Book First, New Year's Day, Chapter One, The Block. On the east side of the block were four brownstone houses, wide, tall, and roomy. Seen from the street, they had the appearance of not being inhabited. In the upper stories, all the curtains or blinds were closely drawn. In the lower story, the heavy lace that hung in carefully careless folds on each side of the window seemed never to have been disturbed since it left the upholsterer's hands. Whatever life and motion there might have been in the basement were sheltered from observation by conical firs or square-clipped box borders set out on strictly geometrical principles in each of the four front yards. The doors were ponderous and tight-fitting, as if they were never meant to be opened, and the vivid polish of their surfaces showed no trace of human handling. No marks of feet could be detected on the smooth, heavy flagstones which led up from the sidewalk, or on the great steps flanked by massive balustrades. The four mansions, in their new, lofty, and apparently tenantless state, looked like the occasional residences of people for some purpose of ceremony, rather than the dear homes of the small, loving, domestic circles that really lived there. Such was the outer view of the east side of the block, and it is the only view that the reader of this book will get, for it is the author's intention profoundly to respect the select seclusion of the occupants. Now the west side of the block was in all respects exactly opposite to the east side. The houses were built of bricks, dingy with the whirling dust of twenty years. Two of the three stories swarmed with women and children, always visible at all seasons, and the lower story was devoted to some kind of cheap trade. Wholesale business is gregarious in its ways, but it is the habit of retail business to scatter so as to present, in the same neighborhood, no two people in exactly the same line. Thus it happened that, on the west side of the block, there was only one dry-goods dealer, whose shop-front and awning-posts were festooned with calicoes and other fabrics, ticketed with ingeniously deformed figures, and bearing some attractive adjective, expressing the owner's private and conscientious opinion of their excellence. There was one bootmaker, who strung up his products in long branches like onions, and although his business was not at all flourishing, solaced himself with the reflection that he had a monopoly of it on the block. There was one apothecary, between whose flashing red and yellow lights, and those of his nearest rival, there was a desirable distance. A solitary coffin-maker, a butcher, a baker, a newspaper vendor, a barber, a confectioner, a hardware merchant, a hatter, and a tailor, each encroaching rather extensively on the sidewalk with the emblems of his trade, rejoiced in their exemption from a ruinous competition. The only people on the block whose interests appeared to clash were the grocers, who flanked either corner, and made a large and delusive show of boxes, barrels, and tea-chests and it was strongly suspected that they were identical in interests, 
under different names and maintained a secret league to catch all the custom of the vicinity the south side was a gradation of buildings from the two-story brick grocery on the west corner to the grandest of the stone mansions on the east with the exception of two or three houses built in the early history of the block and occupied by obstinate old proprietors it presented such a regularly ascending line of roofs that a giant could have walked upstairs from one end to the other although each house was built upon a plan peculiar to itself and supposed to reflect the long-cherished views of the original owner there were certain resemblances among them this was sometimes the effect of a jealous rivalry sometimes of imitation in one dozen houses there was a costly struggle for supremacy in window curtains in another dozen the harmless contest pertained to grecian urns crowned with flowers or dry dolphins tritons or naiads arising from the bosoms of little gravel beds in miniature front yards in a third dozen there was a perspective of broad iron balconies elegantly constructed for show and sometimes put to hazardous use on warm summer nights by venturesome gentlemen with cigars or ladies with fans about the middle of the block was a colony of doctors who had increased in five years from two to ten their march was eastward and it could be calculated to a nicety how long it would be before the small black gilt-lettered signs of their profession would press hard upon the great house at the corner why they thus congregated together unless with the friendly purpose of relieving each other's patience in each other's absence and so saving humanity from sudden suffering and death was a mystery to everybody but themselves the north side lacked variety one part of it comprising twenty lots had been built up on speculation by an enterprising landowner the houses were precisely alike from coal cellar to chimney top with front railings of exactly the same pattern crowned with iron pineapples from the same mould encompassing little plots of ground laid out in walks similar to the fraction of a hair the sole ornaments of which were four little spruce trees planted at equal distances apart this row of houses was very distracting even to the occupants with whom it was a feat of arithmetic to identify their homes in the daytime and much more so at night when the landmarks were shadowy and indistinguishable occasionally well-meaning tenants found themselves pulling at wrong doorbells and there was one man who got tipsy every saturday night and rang himself quite through the row before he tumbled in on his own hall carpet it was in counting the spruce trees he said which had a perplexing way of doubling that he invariably lost the track in nearly every house on this block there was a piano the piano was the great equalizer of the block and though in the loftier houses the pianos might have been larger and costlier and unquestionably noisier it did not follow that they were better played or pleasanter to hear than the humbler instruments which served to swell the tumultuous chorus in hours of morning practice with regard to these pianos it may here be observed that a gentleman with a passion for statistics who chanced to be well acquainted through the block made the remarkable discovery that the players were usually unmarried ladies 
and that, when they acquired husbands, as they occasionally did on that block, they put aside the piano as something quite incapable of contributing to their new-found happiness. End of Book 1 Chapter 1